Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside by West Virginia's finest. We got Matt Harmon checking out the Arby's menu. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if we were going to mention that, obviously. Can confirm they do not serve breakfast. Yeah, they do not serve breakfast I at Arby's. Uh, oh, it's probably not a good start to uh, the day that that's one of the first things I've done today is look yeah. at the Arby's menu. <laughs> it's your internet history, like tweet deck and then well, yeah, the Arby's but, menu. I mean, yeah, right. Got to get on Amazing. Twitter, inject all the takes into my veins. Okay. Uh, and then let me look at, you know, potential lunch options at the Arby's. At the Arby's. Yeah. No, no, no breakfast, which is, which okay. is a shame. The first thing that popped up is Arby's like, we'd like to know your location. I'm like, no, you can no. no, you may no, not. No, you may not. You may not know my location, Arby's. Um, this is the kind of day it's going to be because Harmon's looking at Arby's uh, and Alex Gelhar off cam or off camera uh, off air told me that he's ready for the day to be over at 8:05 a.m. Well, it's just cuz I have a very <laughs> full slate today. I've got a lot of a lot of work to do. I've got some corpo meetings I've gotten corpo sucked into meetings. that require extra work. And uh, I want the day to be over cuz my sister comes to town for the weekend and yeah. we're going to see the disaster artist tonight. So, Ugh. I'm very excited. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Very okay. jealous. Uh, we have the magical beard of fantasy as well. Rocky, a new sweater. I like the sweater. This is old. This has been oh, over my it? chair all season. Matt Francisco. But it's just it's cold now. It's a so. clean look. It's, a, it's good. I like it. It's like a. It's a cardigan. It's a speckled cardigan. I like it. This is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, we have producer Chris in the building as well. What's up? Good morning, man? guys. It's got a lot of wires, man. I, I, I walked <laughs> There's in. There's a lot of wires. We are yes. from the closet, yes. again, yes. as yes. usual. Resistance radio. I, I walked in and walked out to get a coffee, and I was just looking and admiring all the wires. A lot it of is them today. Quite magnificent. It looks good. I like it. It's a metaphor for our lives. James, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. You're wearing your uh, your. I think it's the first time any artist. Uh, get my up. my get up because I've got a backwards cap on. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I, have a, I have a New York, uh, you know, shirt, t-shirt on. Aren't you supposed you to just, be like West Coast till I die, bro? Were you just? Yes, did you I mean, just I come from still... the half pipe, bro? <laughs> <laughs> doing doing uh, kick flips. <laughs> James, yeah, James is rocking a backwards hat and a zip-up hoodie and his New York shirt. Of course, still a gigantic Clip Nation watch. Oh, but, well, obviously, uh, so big. Obviously, yeah. 
Oh, which he's waving oh. around as my I, as I, my I, sister notes whenever what? whenever he's on camera. He I'm waving it around. It around. <laughs> I have my arms crossed. How am I waving it around? Well, is your arms in the air right now? Can you <laughs> confirm or deny that? Okay. Can I, you set your I fantasy can confirm. from that watch? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, what a great show in front of us here today. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, man, it's playoff time, man. Playoffs. <laughs> it's crazy. It is insane. It's crazy that we're here. Yeah. We're talking I love about it. playoffs. We are talking about playoffs. We're legitimately talking about playoffs today. Yep. We are legitimately talking about playoffs. We're going to help you guys uh, get your starts and sits in here for week one of the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. Stakes so high. I absolutely love it. I love this time of year. We're going to give you some deep sleepers for those of you in deep leagues. We're going to get to every damn game. MDG, most damn games. As most. Well. Most damn games. We're going to tell you what's happening in that Detroit and Tampa Bay game. We're going to be telling you what's happening Sunday night football. It's Baltimore. It's Pittsburgh. We're going to break down that game as well and, of course, close out your show with a round of daily deaths. But let's start your show as we always do with your top headlines. Breaking news. Break, break, break. Uh, All right. Let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. Suspended one game for his crackback block on Mar- uh, on Monday. Is it Martavis Bryant time, French? I think you can expect maybe like a low-end flex-type production out of him. When Juju missed, uh, I believe it was week 12 against Green Bay, which is like the best matchup you can get. Yeah, he had 40 yards and a touchdown. He hasn't had more than 42 yards in a game over the last month. And this isn't the greatest matchup against Baltimore D that's allowed just a 2.1% touchdown rate to opposing wide receivers. Although no Jimmy Smith. Yeah, they did just lose that's top true. Jimmy Smith. This is true. Um, but yeah, I think you can flex Bryant with Juju out, but don't expect you know that incredible ceiling that he would have I last have been, year. I have been telling people not to flex Juju. I don't. Oh, feel, Ju- yeah. Or excuse me, excuse me, not Martavis. to flex Martavis. I don't feel great about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I Jimmy Smith gone, but you know, um, so you know the 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 quality of the corners will will obviously have a trickle down effect. But I, what's the ceiling with Martavis Bryant? It's yeah. not high. Not, you know what I mean? There there is none. And the floor is just is nothing. Crater. That's that's what I'm worried like about. Like I said, he hasn't had more than 42 yards over the last month, even in a game with Juju out. So if we're if we're talking playoff time, playoffs, you know what I mean. And there's, you need the upside. I, and if you're chasing upside, isn't there isn't there something mm-hmm. else you can chase on the waiver wire? Or, I don't know. I, I just, believe so. I don't feel great about it. Yeah. What? I'm with you. I'm with you. What are all these low low notes? low end flex is that what, that's what I'm saying. There's so many extra notes in the rundown now. So I, I was know. communicating to Harmon to not disrupt the show, and he's not, uh, he's not taking it. Instead, he's I, just. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm taking it. I moved the freaking mic. Uh, what do you moved want? it closer uh, to you. <laughs> Never mind. No, I did not move it. Clo- oh, this is outrageous. Oh, okay. Uh, slander. Yeah, slander. Okay, I'm good. being slandered. Um, let's do a tight end whip around because there's so much tight end news. All here. the tight end news. All the tight end news, man. Rob Gronkowski suspended one game. Dirty cheap shot on Tredavious White. I mean, one of the dirtiest cheap shots we've seen in a long time. So bad. Um, one game for th- – I don't understand. One game for that, but one game for Juju as well? What? Nah. I don't know. Don't, don't, don't try. We okay. have a year's worth of evidence that these punishments doled up at the NFL really don't mean anything, and it's like they're just drawn from a hat or a dart thrown at a board. I mean, because I, I could understand if it was not Juju Smith-Schuster, right? But th- it's like his fi- – it's his first, like – you know what I mean? The crackback block was – you know, it wasn't great. He did the- it in the wrong game. That's what happened. He did just, it in the wrong game. That's a good – you know what? That's a good point. 
That's a, a good point. It's about optics, too, like just, the way he stood over him and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the taunting so. wasn't cool. No, no. And he apologized for it, but Gronk's thing was so not even on a football play. That was totally – It was after anyways, the play ended. Look, whatever. nobody knows – we don't know I what don't a catch know. is. We don't know what a punishment is in the NFL. <laughs> we should not sit here and try to debate it because oh, we're all going to go crazy Fair at enough. this table trying to figure out we'll debate it how it want. happens. No, fine, then we're all going to go crazy. Fine. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that would be right. very out of the norm. <laughs> Yeah, this is normally such a well-mannered and uh, even t- even-tempered podcast. Uh, Gronk suspended one game. Zach Ertz dealing with concussion, didn't practice. He's looking questionable. It's he's not looking great. Uh, Greg Olson was a full participant. He looks like he's going to be good to go. Hunter Henry for the Chargers with a knee, limited in practice. He is expected to play versus Washington. Um, again, what are you doing for those folks who have Gronk and Ertz, two of the best tight ends in fantasy football it's playoff week you don't have their services at a position that is not very deep um what are you guys doing and we'll start with you matt Harmon. yeah sucks that you're you're losing two of the best at the position two of the guys you can actually count on uh zach ertz is back up trey burton is interesting to me uh burton drew seven targets in seattle with ertz out of the mix he went for 41 yards and a score and a win over denver that Ertz missed earlier in the year so you have some recent history of him actually being productive when Ertz is out of the lineup uh he's like a true move uh, tight end type of type of guy so I think you can count on him as with some receiving ability uh the Rams have allowed 30 catches to tight ends over the last four weeks so it's a good matchup too mm-hmm. um another guy that I like is David Njoku from the Browns who have stability in their coaching staff thank goodness uh after today's <laughs> news <laughs> uh he finally like he has been somebody that has frustratingly like not been on the field a lot this year, but he has been over 50-plus percent of the snaps in three of his last four games. Interesting. Uh, He has four catches in back-to-back weeks. Um, I think it's a priority for them to get him going because he's really talented and and he flashes. And, you know, I know people are like, well, the the Packers haven't allowed a lot of production to tight ends, but, like, who really cares? They just gave up two touchdowns to Cameron Bright last week. So I I really like Njoku if you need a streamer as well. And Ricky Seals-Jones. Shoot, like, I know he's never on the field, but when he's on the field, he gets targets I think he has six, five, six, and five the last four, three weeks. So. That's interesting to me, right? Like he plays like seventeen snaps, and of those seventeen, they uh, roll him out there. They're, they're, they're going to throw it to him. He's second yeah. on the team in targets behind Larry Fitzgerald in the three games Blaine Gabbert no. started. Yeah, really, sixteen targets. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gabbert when, is obviously looking for him when he's on the field, yeah. and that's really all the. Like I, it's never gonna feel good to to throw somebody out there that plays on like fifteen or seventeen snaps or whatever a game. Exactly. Uh, but the fact exactly. that he and Gabbert seem to have a connection, especially in scoring position, like you gotta trust it. I think it it is convenient at least that a bunch of these guys are popping up right when some of the big names are are down or going out. Because also like I mean we we tempered expectations with Steven Anderson earlier in the week, but that was before on the news Bruce Ellington yeah. went on IR. So and, did uh, Fedorowitz and Fedorowitz. So like <laughs> Bruce Ellington pour some out. I know and Bruce Bouldering is over. Harmon's favorite receiver is is out of uh, playing time again. But I think that puts Steven Anderson into the mix because that opens up a lot of targets and he performed well last week. So we've got a lot of, and it's a good matchup for him against the 49ers. They've actually, they actually allowed a receiving touchdown to a tight end in five straight games before that game last week against the Bears who really just don't have an offense. So. Trey Burton, Steven Anderson, uh, two I think good 
decent streamers uh, for those of you desperate <clears throat> at the position. Two more guys I wrote about in my streaming article at tight end, and Gelhar echoed Cameron, Cameron Braid on his waiver wire column. A lot of people dropped him, had two touchdowns last week. Right. With Jamin, Jameis Winston's first game back, he might be available. The Lions have been kind of gashed by tight ends. Kyle Rudolph had two touchdowns against them in Week 12, and Benjamin Watson scored against them Week 13. Evan Ingram smashed him, I think, in like Week 2 as well. Yep, and uh, Jason Witten might be out there in some leagues. He scored a touchdown. I think he only had one catch for eight yards, but it was a touchdown last week, and he uh, historically does well against the Giants. He posted 759 and a touchdown. Uh, against them in week one. So also, if he's out there. If we're following his silly box score trends, I believe he's yes. gone like seven catches, one catch, seven catches, one catch. Yes. So he's oh, due for another he's due. seven catch yeah, game. He's due. Nice. There's a I mean, lot. That's just science, nice. guys. Yeah. There's a lot of tight end <laughs> options. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tight end, so we mentioned Hunter Henry. He had a, I don't know, a mild hyperextension of his knee, I think is the preliminary report. What, regardless, he's expected to play versus Washington. Are you trusting him, franchise? Uh, in you know week 14 against Washington, playoff hopes and dreams on the line? Yes, I am trusting him. Uh, Adam Kaplan reported yesterday that he's not even on the injury report anymore. He Amazing. will play Sunday. Woo. Washington has... How crazy is that, by the way? Did you guys see the hit that he actually took on yeah, the... Yeah, it, right it, it looks... It looks scary. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Anyways, he's going to play. And Washington is one of the worst teams in the league in defending tight ends. Uh, they have been all season. They've allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends, 65.9 receiving yards per game to tight ends, which is a bottom three mark, and the fourth most fantasy points per game to tight ends. They're one of only four teams allowing double-digit fantasy points per game to the position. While we have producer Chris in the building, what yes. has Mike Williams look like? To me, that will be the key as to whether or not I would recommend playing Hunter Henry, because it just seems as if when Mike Williams is out there, Hunter Henry's not a big part of the passing game, or at least a not consistent part of the passing game. Well, he's been limited in practice this week, so I guess we're taping this on a Thursday. We still don't know if he's going to play. We on don't know Sunday. if he's going to practice today or tomorrow. Yeah, but I think he was. I think he did some things yesterday. Okay. Um. So how did he look? When we say some things, it's it's not. I don't think it's anything you can take from like, hey, he looked you. good out there, you know. Yeah. But okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think regardless, Hunter Henry is is a player. You know, franchise alluded to it. The, the Skins have had trouble against the tight end. Yeah. And as long as Keenan Allen is rolling like this, man, everything else clicks around that. I see what you're saying. You know, the last three games, when when you have 33 catches, 436 yards, four touchdowns, everything else kind of falls into place. So I think Hunter Henry is going to definitely have some one-on-one -on -one opportunities against this Redskins defense that, you know, they're out of the playoff hunt now. You wonder, they've been decimated by injuries on both sides of the football. Uh, Hunter Henry is a guy that, that I would trust this week uh, on your playoff roster. Okay, I like it. All right, so we mentioned that more tight end news. Of course, C.J. Fedora, it's placed on IR. Bruce Bull, hashtag Bruce Bull. He's sadly dead. Uh, no! <laughs> Bruce Ellington placed on IR. Also of note, Will Fuller, ribs. Close to coming back. No official report as to whether or not he will play here on Sunday, but he's getting close. Uh, let's stick with the wide receiver theme. Amari Cooper, he's cleared the concussion protocol, but he did miss practice on Wednesday as he continues to come back from an ankle injury. That's just going to be another injury that we have to keep a very close eye on. Doug Martin, concussion, practicing in full. He's completely mucking up that Tampa Bay backfield. Peyton Barber, he emerged last week in Week 13, racking up nearly 150 total yards last week. What are you guys doing in this Tampa Bay backfield, Alex Gilhar? 
Uh, I'm leaning on the, uh, on the side of trusting uh, Peyton Barber as maybe a flex at least. He just showed so much. I think it, I, I would be surprised if they went back fully to Martin. And they were already throwing touches from Martin to Jaquiz Rogers and Charles yeah. Sims in the backfield. Anyways, You're not playing Martin, are you? I'm not playing Martin. Okay. He, had been, he had been bad when he was more of a That's featured back. Saying. And now right. that he's put, losing some work, I think the, the run that Peyton Barber has with scoring his two, two touchdowns two weeks ago – having a very nice overall performance last week against the Packers, I think he could be a, a flex play in this game. Anybody trusting Peyton Barber? Um, you know, again, uh, it's hard to trust just given the, 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 the backfield split. I just, oh, man, I can't, I can't see myself recommending playing Peyton Barber. That's just – that's tough. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those hot hand situations. Like if Doug Martin gets back out there and gets going – then they keep giving him the ball. If they give Peyton Barber a few touches in the first quarter and he's on a roll, then they kind of give him more volume as the game goes on, and it's just going to be super unpredictable. And it sucks because it's a good matchup for all these guys. Right, it is a really good matchup. Detroit's run defense hasn't been great in recent weeks, so that's that's why I'm okay with giving Barber a shot. But, I see. I mean, yeah. it's also like if you have better options, don't you know Peyton Barber shouldn't be your tiebreaker. It's just you. if you're in dire straits and it's like Orleans Darkwa or Peyton Barber. Hmm. Then I'm probably going Barber. All right. Adrian Peterson, neck. Remember, he missed week 13. He still has continued uh, to not see the practice field as of yet. He's looking very doubtful uh, for his game against Tennessee. Are you trusting – I don't know. Who, who is back there in the Arizona? Kerwin Williams. Kerwin yeah. Williams. That's about it. Are we DJ tr- Foster is the other guy. Are we trusting Kerwin Williams against Tennessee, Matt Harmon? Well, he had 16 carries over 90 yards and no work in the passing game last week. Um, the Rams' def- defense is is definitely not good against the run, so it was a solid spot for him last week. But I don't really think I'm good. I don't really think I would mess around with it unless yeah. unless like I absolutely have no other choice. That's not something like again a, a back who's not going to get thrown the football like in a game that. You know, in an offense that's manned by Blaine Gabbard, I would really rather not trust that. Blaine Gabbard came back to earth a little bit there in Week 13, but prior to that, he'd been playing pretty well. I, I like actually, I like Gabbard this week too against Tennessee, but uh, it just again, it's a real thin margin for error, and in, in a week where I'd again really rather not roll out somebody that I feel just completely uncomfortable with. Because again, if Kerwin Williams, if he's not going to get any passing game work, and he goes out there and he runs, you know. He takes 16 carries for 35 yards instead of 90-something yards like he did last week. Mm -hmm. Then you're looking at, like, three points, and that sucks. And Tennessee's only allowed four rushing touchdowns to running backs all season. So, Mm. tough tough matchup, too. All right, deep sleeper time. Let's go around the horn. Matt Franchise, what do you got as a deep sleeper for playoff week number one? I'm sticking with uh, the Cardinals game here. I'm going with J.J. Nelson. Yeah. Against the Titans, he has 15 targets in the last three games. Interesting. Wow. Only four catches, though. Okay. Uh, so I think it's a matter of Blaine Gabbert's accuracy. They're, they they just can't connect on these deep balls. He's thrown it deep. Gabbert's thrown it deep, but he's not connecting. And I think all they need to do is connect on one or two of these these deep bombs. And we've seen J.J. Nelson kind of explode before. Sure. Uh, and he's been on the field for 79% of the snaps last week. Uh, so, you know. I he, don't hate it, man. He's getting the targets. He's I just, don't think Tennessee's just, defense is very good. Exactly. That's it's a good matchup. The Tennessee secondary isn't isn't great. Nope. So uh, you know, if you're like looking it. for a deep deep guy, not a ton of volume, but JJ Nelson just needs one big play. Let's get 
Uh, I'm going with somebody that you hyped up a little bit in Kono's this week as well, Ooh. and that's, uh, that's Trent Taylor. Yes. Because not only did he have a good week last week with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, uh, catching all of his targets, but uh, Garoppolo, and I think you kind of noted this too, but I went back and I actually looked at the numbers. Oh, uh, nice. In his, three, in his three starts dating back to New England too, he's thrown about 24% of his targets to his slot guys. Hmm. So Trent Taylor and Julian Edelman. It's a position he's comfortable with. It's one, I think, that is in his his area where he can throw it very accurately and help move the change and stuff. And the Texan secondary has just been brutalized all year. Brutalized. I think if Jimmy G is on the radar for a lot of us as a streamer, that means people are going to be have to do catching passes and racking up yards. And uh, Taylor is somebody that's unowned in a gajillion leagues. So. Yeah, the, the one thing I really liked about that Niners offense from a fantasy perspective anyways is the fact that you know where the ball is going. It's going to Marquise Goodwin. It's going to Trent Taylor. So it's pretty concentrated by yeah. a result of not having a ton of depth at the position and True. like, you know, Pierre Garcon being on IR. Yeah. But I mean he could have mixed in his running backs versus tight ends as well, which he did to a degree, but you know, the 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 targets that he the targets that Trent Taylor and Marquise Goodwin were getting they're high quality we're targets. Good. I like him. I like it. So uh, I like Trent Taylor there. All right, Matt Harmon, what do you got? So what about Tion Green in Detroit? No, yeah, you know I love this. I love, although Amir Abdullah is close. <laughs> He's to limited, back. and yeah. he could he could be back. But here's the thing that I that, Tion Green that still makes that still makes yes. him appealing to me is they've really never wanted to trust Amir Abdullah around the goal line. You right, know, you could have just stopped at trust Amir Abdullah. <laughs> right, well between Which, the twenties, I don't. Has know. Has the name Tion like. Green ever been? Uttered in this podcast? No, no, no. no, 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 no. We didn't. We, didn't no. we forgot to talk about him even Monday in the recap. That's a good point. But I mean, he when he popped up last week, it was. Who, I mean, I had to hit the Googles. I don't know who the hell uh, Tion Green our, was. Our pal uh, Josh Norris at Roto World on their waiver wire podcast yeah. earlier called him a fake person. <laughs> fake, <laughs> fake person, <laughs> Tion Green. Like he's just a. a he's like cyber, a Madden. He's yes, like a Madden yes, creative player. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah it's pretty hilarious. Like. Yeah, uh, so Amir Abdullah, I mean, a pretty pretty good reason why they haven't wanted to trust him anyways. I mean, over the last five games played, he he's averaged under three yards a carry in four of them. So he hasn't been good. Oh. He hasn't been even been good this year, yeah. even when he's been on the field. Teon Green led the team he carries at 11 during their Week 13 loss to Baltimore. Uh, first action of his NFL career, he ripped off a 33-yard run on his first play. Okay. Uh, and then, But more importantly, he's a 220-pound back. Uh, and he had two carries inside the teams inside the opposing ten yard line, and he punched in one for a score. But like I said, the Lions never seem to want to trust Amir Abdul in that role. So again, super thin, but you know he could retain goal line duties uh, if if this team does not want to use Amir too much in his first game back. Oh man, Tion Green. Why not? I love it. Um, I was going to go with Trey Burton as a deep sleeper, but uh, for all the reasons that the boys here have outlined before. Good uh, you know, good usage in the past game. I think it's a pretty good matchup as well. Trey Burton, if you are desperate at the tight end position. Hey, remember, the 2018 Pro Bowl vote is here. It's time to vote for your favorite NFL players to play in the 2018 Pro Bowl in Orlando. Vote now. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. Can we figure out? Let's, let's, let's do Case, it right now. Case Keenum. Case that's, Keenum? That's my nomination. Since we lost Bruce Ellington, <coughs> Case let's Keenum. get Case Keenum. He's long. We've all long been fans of Case Keenum, especially no? dear Matt Harmon. Yeah. Uh, what are you shaking your head, your head, head no? for? I mean, no, I, I love the Case Keenum call, but I just don't think I can emotionally get up for another Pro Bowl push. <laughs> Come on, we have to do I it. I feel as Why if Why do it, we have <clears throat> to? Can't, can't it be someone more random, though? Can't it be Tion Green? <laughs> Why not Tion <Jeez>. Green? <laughs> God. <laughs> Could you imagine? Tion Bowl. Uh, okay, Tion, hashtag Tion time. Let's, let's figure it out. 
like, as a group, let's like talk about who Keenum we want to call. But you want I like more Keenum. random? I want, yeah. I want a more random one. And I feel as if, should it be should it be a, a wide receiver? The thing is, I don't know that we have, it doesn't fan voting close like next week or something. So what? Juju. But I mean, we don't have any momentum. Like we, I we, see what you're saying. Like we had, we could have le- like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Talking about this, like we yeah. could have legitimately at least got him on the radar. Bruce Ellington enough, like on the radar. One of the people from the social team to come up and be like, wait, what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah. with this Bruce Ball thing? <laughs> uh, like I thought we were close with that, yeah. and then you know now obviously yeah. that's over. That's true. Why don't people just still vote for Bruce Ellington? Like who cares? That's fine. I mean, you're not going to make it anyways. Why don't you just still vote for Bruce Ellington? All right. I like that, too. Yeah. All and right. vote for Casey. I mean, look, <laughs> look, look, like 30 people are going to get voted into this and not show up. So Bruce will just be another one. Right. Like, I mean, whoever right. wins the actual wide receiver voting like, will probably have some injury anyways and <laughs> right. won't be showing up to the game. So injury. whatever. Right. Okay, good. All right, Bruce Bowl it is. Hashtag Bruce Bowl lives Aspen. on. And also vote in Case Keenum as yeah, well. Because no. yes. he's deserved. Yeah. He is deserved. And it'd be awesome. Hell, hell yeah. Can you imagine that's on your res- if that that would be on Case Keenum's resume? Pro, Pro Bowl, Bowl quarterback. quarterback. Pro Bowl. He deserves it this year. He's been so good. He and, has. But yeah. you know what though? That's that's the truth. He does deserve it. He He's does. playing for one of the best teams in the NFL. He's been awesome. He himself has played very very well. Well, that's why I said Case Keenum, because he's the type of guy that, like, gets overlooked in Pro Bowl voting because it's so much. That's true. Like, fan voting, it's that's so much. True. Like, uh, name recognition. You, name recognition, who you see in island games, fantasy. Like, Case Keenum has been balling in fantasy for, like, six, seven weeks now, and he's still owned in, like, 25% of leagues. Right. Yeah, and not to mention, like, he won't be able to be, like, the Andy Dalton injury substitute because right. the Vikings will be in the Super Bowl. So, it does so. Guys, Jared Goff and Case Keenum could both have first-round buys. It's entirely possible. What up, Jeff Fisher? What up? <laughs> <laughs> We're free. Love it. He Let's get to MDG. anymore. Most he damn. can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> that was one of the be- that was one of the best like shots of the year was Case and uh, Jared Goff like well, I think it was either before or post game like yeah. Hug- yeah. hugging each Shaking other, and looking and stuff, like yeah. one, looking like Case was whispering in Jared's ear like. Somebody made that joke yeah, on yeah, Twitter. Exactly. It was amazing. It's, it's amazing. Great. Amazing. All right. All right. Uh, NFL.com. NFL.com slash fantasy matchups a little later this afternoon if you would like to see every single game. But let's go. Early Sunday games here. Green Bay at Cleveland. Alex Gelhar, what do you got for your boys? Uh, well, I would love to be back on the Brett Hundley streaming train because this oh. is another good matchup, but I Dude. just can't do it. Can't do it. Like what do we you don't no, know what do you you don't know what you're ever gonna get with this guy I, on the road prime time terrible matchup drops two hundred and seventy yards or whatever and three touchdowns at home amazing matchup against the Buccaneers eighty four passing yards eighty four eighty four it makes no sense it, by the way it took overtime to get to eighty four yeah eighty four so no thanks on <laughs> Brett Hundley. Uh, I think we can still trust Jamal Williams because uh, I think he's proven in this time. Like he was, he was kind of pedestrian to start. He's gotten a lot better. Over 120 mm-hmm. scrimmage yards in back-to-back games now. He has looked like he could be a featured back. And I mean, they only gave Aaron Jones one touch last week. True. I think they would still it would behoove them, and they probably want to bring him along more slowly than just throwing him back into 15, 20 touches. Uh, so I'd be concerned just about given Aaron the, Jones. Given the injury, you're saying. Given the injury, yeah, yeah. He's still coming back from a knee injury. He recovered quicker than they expected. But uh, passing game-wise, we're still only starting Devontae Adams. Jordy Nelson hasn't crossed 40 receiving yards in six straight games. Uh, uh, th- I think the Packers he defense. plays in the NFL? Yeah, he does. He has not officially retired, not uh, officially. believe it or not. That's sad. Uh, the Packers defense, I think, is still uh, worth a stream. Uh, Clay Matthews of course and, you think Clay that. Matthews and Kenny Clark came back. They got seven sacks. 
and a turnover and a touchdown last week. The Browns, uh, are even though they have Josh Gordon back, they're still a, a team to stream against. They rank dead last in turnovers. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where, that's where it really comes down is the fact that they just give the ball up so yeah, often. Sean Kaiser is still a wreck. Yeah. I mean, he has the worst, I think, adjusted yards per attempt and passer rating in the NFL. Exactly. Season. That being said, I think you could still stream him this week yeah, against well, the, the Packers. Yeah, because fantasy is not uh, at because all a, re- you know, representation of reality. Yes, no, that's true. Not at all. And the Packers just placed their rookie cornerback Kevin King on IR. Uh, five did. of the last seven quarterbacks to face them have posted top ten fantasy numbers. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser gives you the rushing upside. There's Josh Gordon could absolutely rip through this team. I think you start him this week no yeah. matter what. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then I think both the backs are in the mix uh, for flex appeal. The the Packers, hold on, I have a good stat here. I just need to find it in my thing. While uh, you find it, I'm going to say fantasy mea culpa on Josh Gordon. I'll, I'll, I'll continue my apology tour here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I agree. I think he's a must play against Green Bay. But, yeah, man, I mean, obviously I was uh, a guy that someone said, hey, when do you think you're going to say Josh Gordon is a must start? And I said February 1st. Yeah. February 1st has come. To, uh, and Sunday. He's a, he's a must start. James yeah. Coe, who's an idiot. <laughs> Oh, okay, wow. so fair enough. Uh, that was fair. The game's gonna <laughs> be the game's gonna be competitive between the Packers and Browns. So I think Crowell stays in the mix. But for Duke <laughs> Johnson, uh, no team has allowed more receptions or receiving yards to opposing backs over the last month than Green Bay. So Ooh. I think uh, I think uh, Johnson is definitely in the mix. Would you start Josh Gordon or Robbie Anderson? Someone tweeted me that this morning. Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh God, I think I might. I think I might chase it with Gordon. You think I, so? I, I'm I, still gonna go Robbie. Anderson. I would go. Robbie Anderson because of the quality of quarterback is better. I think the quality Fair. of the quarterbacks. I think the I think the overall quality of the offense. Yeah, the uh, is better right. Broncos get to lead back though, and I know their defense yeah. has still given True. up touchdowns. They've given up a lot of passing touchdowns, but a lot of those have been to tight ends. They've, yep. you know they they've they're still one of the lower like you know efficiency wise pass defenses. It's in it's the weird because they they still like they don't give up a lot of passing yards. No, but they give passing up a, touchdowns. Yeah. They're the top Which of the just, league again. I think screams for a little normalization. Yeah. Uh, what about Josh Gordon or Devin Funches in with Minnesota coming to town? <clears throat> Funches has been hot. He's a clear funnel receiver. I'd start Gordon. I think. Uh, I, I think, think, I think I'm I, going Gordon. I side Gordon on that side too. I think. So. I, think, I, think so. I think it's a good conversation to have. Like, what are options that you would? Debate? Yeah. What about Des Bryant or Josh Gordon? I'd start Gordon, Gordon all day. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's a toss-up to me too. I, you guys are so clear on Gordon. I'm like, well, maybe well, it is. Josh hold on. Gordon. I, I think it's a little. I think it's a little closer than than that. I don't know. I think Des, I mean, is, in, Des is in a good spot this this week. Des has been in good spots a lot this Des, year and Des has done has, nothing. Des's ceiling is like 12 points in standard this year, and Gordon had 85 eight points last week in his first game Des in is, a thousand days. Des is going to have a big. Des game has at some had point. 85 yards. Once all more than eighty-five yards once all season. So Gordon did it in his first game back you, from like three yeah, years against it's, Casey it's, Hayward. Yeah, but I, you, you can't trust that. You say you say he's been in good spots. He's been in awful spots all year. He's early in, tough, in the he's season. He was matchups. but early in the season. Yeah, but his his schedule opened up a little bit. He yeah, pl- I he think played he ran the Packers. He played the 49ers. He played the Chiefs. The Cowboys take on the Giants. He's no, a floor. He's a floor play. But I I still I. I know every. I know we're excited about Josh Gordon. I am too, but I still don't think he's like a, a clear like locked in floor play. I tell you, my, my, <laughs> my stomach dropped every time Kaiser targeted Gordon on Sunday because it, it looked like it could have been oh, a big no. play every single yeah. time. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. He, he overthrew him a bunch. Yeah, yeah. He's, he stinks. He's bad. He but, led uh, the league in uh, 
intended average intended air yards or whatever the next oh, yeah. gen stats metric is. Yeah, yeah. Gordon he's, he's just unloading deep balls. Yeah, uh, all the time, but he can't hit on any. Well, <laughs> thanks for helping me set my lineup against franchise <laughs> uh, in the fantasy live playoffs. This can week. we? Can, I would can, start can also, go Gordon against me. Can if we I also was you. say? Can we also say though that I wonder if there will be a little bit of a, a correction in the passing game. Um, bouncing out between Gordon and, and Corey Coleman, I, I almost yeah. felt yeah. I almost True. felt as if the Browns made it a point to get try to get Gordon uh, acclimated and get his game feet under him. I think that's totally possible. I like I, again. I'm excited about Josh because Col- Coleman literally put up a zero. I yeah. mean, four, four targets, targets, four targets. No catches. I, I I agree with you. I think that. Yeah, you know, look, I could easily see it going the other way this 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 week. There's no reason to think that it wouldn't, other than like this. This is my problem, like with fantasy. Sometimes is like we take what we just saw from last week mm-hmm. and just immediately assume like, all right, every week going forward, this right. is how it's going to be. I could easily see a scenario where Gordon comes out and has four targets in this game and does nothing. I mean, I'm still I'm still playing him. I I think you side on getting him in your lineup, but sure. you know, it just it's not a locked in spot. I think what you just said right there, that's exactly what it is, right? Uh, he's a must play for me. As as a flex player, mostly because I'm a guy that loves to chase upside, and the upside oh, yeah. is is obviously yeah. there. I mean, 152 touchdowns, that's the upside, right? But the floor, with Kaiser, I, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, it could be a four-target, you know, 10-yard type day. I mean, that might be his we, floor. We have know. seen Kaiser lock in on one guy a lot, though, and before Gordon was there, it was Coleman. It was and now, Coleman. As a young as a young quarterback, who are you going to side to? Like Corey Coleman's what five yeah. eleven, a buck ninety, yep. or are you going to throw it to yep. the six four, two hundred thirty yeah. pound freak of nature that that it, even when he's covered looks open because he's just true. a giant. Yeah, now he looked great last week. Detroit taking on Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Uh, Matt Harmon, what do you got? Matt Stafford, by the way, his hand and Amir Abdullah neck both limited in practice on the Stafford Wednesday. hand is yeah, concerning. I was going to say, yeah, that's something to be worried about with Stafford. He's um, a he's one of those guys that I think will play through it regardless, which but, might be a good thing, right? But uh, again, I mean, it's a great matchup. Tampa Bay's given up nearly 400 yards per game, so not to Brett uh, Hundley, not to Brett Hundley, <laughs> yeah, though. but like real quarter, NFL quarterbacks, <laughs> yeah. So I mean. <laughs> It's a it's a great matchup for Detroit if they want to go there, but uh, but again, I, it's hard to trust Stafford with that hand injury. Yeah, I agree that it, it's definitely concerning when you're talking about guys like you know Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. I think you have to downgrade them a little bit with Stafford in this I situation. Agree. I mean, again, I don't know if you're like who you're breaking ties and getting them out of your lineup because both of those guys are pretty locked in in terms of volume. I mean, mm-hmm. Tate has had his slow stretches like for a couple weeks or whatever, but he came back pretty strong last week, uh, I believe, with eight catches. So I, I don't know. I, I think you end up you end up probably having to get these guys in your lineup if Stafford goes out there. But it's a th- but it's it's suddenly a much riskier spot than than it would have been. Um, don't want to mess around with Amir Abdullah regardless of whether he's. In, I mean, I, I say that every week. Don't I never, don't ever play Amir Abdullah. It's just a nightmare. Uh, don't I'm not really interested in theoretic either. Uh, I know he went out there for a little bit and got the most touches, but again, I think Teon Green is is a guy that they'll probably look to in the red zone. Uh, and then on the Tampa Bay side, I, I think this is a good spot for Jameis Winston to to have an okay bounce back game. Like I had a buddy ask me. You know, he has Matt Stafford and Jameis Winston, and I think I'd probably just rather straight-up play Winston. Um, Detroit's defense starting to fall apart. Um, I don't really want to play anybody in the Bucks' backfield either if Doug Martin is going to get back out there. You know, that, that just kind of takes everybody off the board for me. Right. Because um, I, I don't know what the coaching staff is going to do. 
And Mike Evans is a player I'm worried about in this game. I mean, he's going to be shadowed by Darius Slay, who's allowed a 60.8 passer rating in coverage this year. He's been awesome. Hmm. Uh, and Stafford, I mean, excuse me, Evans didn't have a catch until the fourth quarter last week, even though Jameis Winston returned. So against Green Bay. Against Green Bay, which is a good matchup. So, I, like, I'm a little – I definitely am a little worried about Evans in this spot. Oakland taking on KC. Oh, wait, I want to throw one thing out there. Uh, the Tampa Bay D could be a sneaky streamer in this one uh, oh, yeah. or a DFS really? play. Well, you look at you look at two things. One, Stafford's offensive line has been banged up. Tampa Bay's at home. He's been sacked three-plus times in four straight games. And if he's got a messed-up hand, True. that could lead to more fumbles. It could lead yep. to more errant passes that are interceptions. I'm just saying, like, low-end play, especially especially in, like, daily fantasy. Like, if you want to differentiate yourself, like, don't, don't be too afraid of uh, throwing a dart at the Tampa Bay defense. I like what you're thinking there. Oakland at KC. Marcus Peters suspended by Andy Reid for this game. Weakening and already absolutely terrible secondary franchise. What do you got in this game? Uh, yeah, the Marcus Peters news is you know opens things up for for Michael Crabtree at least. Oh yeah, uh, Heck Amar yeah. Amari Cooper apparently has cleared concussion protocol, but he is has. still dealing with an ankle injury. That's kind of a concern for me. We saw Amari Cooper, I believe, at the end of the 2015 season there, the final stretch. He was dealing with a foot injury, and it really hampered his production. He had one big blow-up game, but it was 24 points, but he had one and two points in the other two that he played in. So uh, keep an eye on Cooper. The ankle injury concerns me even in a good matchup. Uh, and then beyond that, I don't think you can trust Derek Carr. You He's, trust in Hunt? I if you have someone on your squad with more upside, a guy like Josh Gordon, I've gotten that question a few times, Josh Gordon or Kareem Hunt, I would probably play that Josh Gordon. Mm -hmm. I, you, you haven't been able to play Hunt for the last month or two months now. <laughs> I got a, speaking of, I got a question from a guy. Um, his league has no trade deadline. Would you trade Kareem Hunt for Josh Gordon straight up? Yes. If I'm getting Gordon? Yes, you're getting Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Wow. De definitely. Uh, and then Alex Smith, if he's out there in the waiver wire, I think this is a good matchup for him. Uh, Oakland defense has allowed 20 passing touchdowns to quarterbacks, just one pick all season. The Raiders are allowing 241 pass yards per game. That's 23rd in the league. Uh, plus his two pass catchers, Hill and Kelsey, they, you know, they kind of caught fire against the Jets last week. I think they kind of abused the Oakland secondary. Uh, in week seven against Oakland, Tyreek Hill had six catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Kelsey also had a touchdown in that game, so confidently start both of those guys. And I think you can start Marshawn Lynch again, who's been on a hot streak at yeah, least buddy. 17 fantasy points in three of his last four games. So uh, how do we feel about Derek Carr? That's a good question. Look, he He's had like a solid floor the last three or four games, I think 13, 15, and 15 points, but yeah, I waffled on this a lot in matchups. I was like, "Yeah, you should start him." No, don't. Yeah. Wait, but you maybe. <laughs> so I, that's why I want to want to test the room here because it is yeah. theoretically a good matchup. But Carr has only thrown multiple touchdowns. I think twice all year. Yeah. And he, the last time he did it was against Kansas City, though. So Marcus Peters a, is out. He has an awful history at Kansas City too. It's like, a historically, historically tough place to play. Yeah. Yeah. He's but this is a bad defense this year, and they're missing. The, one of their best players in the secondary. This game actually has a from our friends in the desert is a theor theorized uh -huh. uh, to be around forty-seven points. Wow. Oh, okay. I think it could definitely be more than that. Okay. So, like, I think this game could get pretty high scoring. The Raiders' defense sucks. The Chiefs' defense sucks, yeah. and they're missing Peters. Um, 
Crabtree, as we mentioned, could be an easy funnel receiver just because he normally lines up on that right side of the field where Peters would be. Yeah, he could get like you know thirteen, fourteen targets with uh, with Cooper this, out. This could be a Crabtree two to three touchdown game. For Agree. Sure. It certainly could be, and if that's going to be the case, and I think that bleeds back to Derek Carr. Yeah, uh, who has been? I mean, Carr's been. T- Really he, bad what it was year. he's thrown one touchdown pass in seven of his last nine games, and it's not even just stats wise. Like to me, he's oh well, yeah no on the field he yeah, hasn't played well. Either. They're I'm getting just the ball out too quick. They don't go downfield enough. But I think in this game, I think the spots enough where I, I like this game to shoot out, and that would be a situation where I want to get Carr in the lineup. All right. Interesting stuff. All right, I like it. All right, Minnesota at Carolina. Gilhart, we'll stick with you. This is such an interesting game. I want to start with the Funchess thing because you were talking about this, Harmon. I know you had tweeted out some of the stuff from Next Gen Stats, but. It's such an interesting matchup with Funches because it's strength against strength for the Vikings defense and the Cam Funches connection. Because they have Cam and Funches since the Kelvin Benjamin trade uh, have a 137.3 passer rating when mm-hmm. uh, targeted out wide. They've connected on 21 of 31 attempts for 346 yards and three touchdowns. However, the Vikings since uh, Week Five on their winning streak have been shutting down uh, wide receivers all like team wide out out wide. They're allowing just about 88 yards per game to wide receivers lined up out wide with four touchdowns and three picks, and that's over, like, eight games. So I, I think I'm still going to err on the side of starting Funches just because he has so many targets. He has so many of uh, Newton's intended air yards, and, like, we even saw last week he was, he was covered pretty well throughout that game, but he still was able to make some plays. I just think expectations have to be very tempered yeah you know people were tweeting with me yesterday about this when I tweeted that stat out and they're like well you know you can't play fun just like look at what Xavier Rhodes did to Julio Jones last week I'm like well look at what Marvin Jones did to Xavier Rhodes like three weeks ago again this is a people problem like people just forget this stuff like wide receivers can win these battles too I mean Marvin got all literally all of his 109 yards and two touchdowns against against Rhodes and all of his nine targets came against him so I think Funches could could get over in this matchup, but it's it's going to be a tough battle. Like it's a, it's a slow spot. What are you guys doing with Cam Newton in this spot? I think I'm sitting Cam Newton. Sick. Really, I'm playing him. Okay. My biggest concern with Cam Newton is that so much of his production this last stretch has come uh, from rushing yards. He's been a top 15 quarterback in each of his last five games, but yeah. that's because he's had 304 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he's only averaging 179 passing yards per game that span. And why I'm concerned is that Minnesota allows uh, the fewest yards per game on the ground to quarterbacks. Their linebackers are fast. They've got a super athletic defensive line that pressures the quarterback. Yeah. I think if Newton's not able to run and then he's forced to throw and Funchess is, you know, shadowed by Xavier Rhodes, maybe he doesn't have a huge day. I just struggle to see how Cam's going to put up an awesome line in this game against Agreed. the Minnesota defense. That just shut down Matt Ryan at home, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, Zim, I just – I, I think I'm still playing him mostly because, again, this is – this is Cam's offense, right? So um, he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to score from close, score from range. I, I mean, it's very possible he doesn't get it done just because Minnesota's defense is so good. But if we're talking about streaming quarterbacks, I mean, because this is where we're, where we're at with Cam, right, is that he's in a, a quote-unquote – he's a low-end startable player in the conversation at least of would I stream somebody ahead of Cam Newton? Right, yeah. so that's, that's the conversation. And if Derek that's the Carr conversation, or Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam oh, Newton? Oh, Cam Newton, easy. 
I think I'm going with both of those guys over Cam. Wow. I come down. I think I come down on the sit Cam side too. Uh, two of his biggest weaknesses this season. Well, going back to last season, he's been he has the third worst passer rating against the blitz, 72.7 passer rating since the start of the 2016 season. Minnesota's passer rating when they blitz is 56.4. That's the third best this season. Uh, obviously, they have two great pass rushers. Uh, Joey, or excuse me. Uh, <laughs> ever I, there's a reason I said Joey Bosa. Everson Griffin and Dan, Daniel Hunter have a combined 38 and a half sacks the last two seasons that is tied for the league lead with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Ingram. So I don't know this. I think it's a big week. I mean, and Cam has been, he's been an up and down player this year. Like he's had three games where he's been under 55 passer rating. So very streaky. Like we could, you could still get, you could still get MVP cam in this game and he could go, go ham. But I I just think there's too much stacked against him that I would rather, I would rather be cautious and sit him and look elsewhere and take the L if he does go off, then start him and get a points. I got you. All right, San Francisco at Houston. Uh, I'll oh wait, sorry, we just—I didn't. We just got so focused on that stuff. Uh, I think Latavius Murray's a solid start here. I know you wrote him up in Aaron Ground as well, French. Don't be scared of the matchup. Uh, get the hell out of my life, Jonathan Stewart in this game. Scared. Uh, yeah. McCaffrey maybe still flex in PPR. Stewart in- also got injured last week, right? He did. Yeah, he, he did uh, foot injury. Is he fine. I think he was limited in practice yesterday. I'd, okay. I'd have to look that. No, up. No, he did not participate oh, yesterday. He did I think. not participate. Uh, in practice. That's a red flag. So, <coughs> and then uh, I, I'm still starting Diggs and Thielen. Not, you know, this is a tough matchup for them, but uh, it is. Uh, those guys are great. So. I'm really worried about Diggs. I, by I the think way. they've started to give up. The, the Panthers have started to give up enough big passing production. I mean, Robbie Anderson ripped through them right. uh, last week. Yeah, McCown threw three touchdown passes. I was going to say six, six yeah. wide receivers to face the Panthers in the last four weeks have crossed 60 yards, and three have gone for 100 plus. Yeah, so, so there's I'm, certainly an, a reason to believe that Thielen or Diggs could hit in this game. Yeah, right. not real, we're not go. real worried about it. San Francisco at Houston. I'll do a little uh, self promotion, se- shameless self promotion. Co knows. I break down the San Francisco passing game. With Jimmy Garoppolo under center now, it's good stuff in there. Uh, yeah. Jimmy G. Markey's good when Trent Taylor. I think they're all. I think they're all fine plays. I, you know, uh, again, he, he just Jimmy G. For whatever reason, has added a lot of juice to that passing game. And the one stat that I saw that really stuck out to me in San Francisco's passing game um, was the fact that they moved the chains. Uh, their third down conversion rate. Uh, coming into week 14 was the sixth worst in the NFL. I think they were converting 34 or maybe 36% of their third downs. And then once once Jimmy Garoppolo got in there, it, it, it climbed all the way up to 55%. So um, they're moving the chains, and they're doing it with guys like Trent Taylor. They're doing it with their tight ends. They're doing it with Marquise Goodwin. And um, I tell you what, my biggest takeaway was get excited about Marquise Goodwin because yeah. he's still getting those air yards. And all of a sudden, a guy who had a sub-50% catch rate Caught all eight of his targets in that game. I I don't know. I, I would get very excited about Marquise Goodwin if if I was going to roll him out there uh, in playoff week number one. But if you want to give it a read, NFL.com slash co. All right. Uh, Dallas at New York taking on the Giants. By the way, OFYI, uh, watch NFL Pick'em Saturday. Woo! Where the Fantasy Live boys break down Dallas taking on the Giants. We had some fun with that one. 8 a.m., 3 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern NFL on Saturday. Pick we get into some shenanigans and again. Sunday morning, too. So you guys, and Sunday you guys morning were under some desks. DVR. You guys were under <laughs> desks. We were under yeah. Yes, yeah. we were under desks. You'll have to find out why. Okay. Uh, watch the show. Show. Uh, yeah. Dak has an injured hand, but the coaching staff doesn't sound too terribly worried, I don't think, about Dak's hand. So uh, we'll see where he's at. But Matt Harmon, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, this is 
a, a really bad passing game it has been for the last month. Uh, talking would, about the Cowboys. Yes, yeah. you would think that well, this – I guess you could talk about the I mean, you could talk about anything. <laughs> well, I said just for the last month, so it's Dallas. Uh, you would hope that this is a spot where Dak can get right, but this off, like this passing offense leaves really no margin for error because they don't have very many good players. Uh, Terrence Williams has never been that good. Cole Beasley's had a terrible year this year. Everybody's talking about Des Bryant being uh, a guy who can't get open anymore, who can't do anything vertically. Uh, Cole Beasley has been awful this year, even as just a slot receiver. So right. uh, there's just a real thin margin for error in this game. They don't have any explosive players because they don't get uh, Bryce Butler on the field. So I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to roll with Dak, you know, unless I have a really good streaming option against him. But just because I think that this could be a game where against the Giants defense that has lost to North Jenkins for the year, um, I think that I think it's a solid bounce back spot for both Des Bryant and uh, and Dak Prescott because of that. The cover the outside coverage for uh, the Giants is probably going to be really bad. I mean, they might have to bring back Eli Apple into the mix, who was benched because he's Ugh. been terrible. Otherwise, they've got, like, Brandon Dixon back there, a bunch of just jabronis. So I think it's a solid spot for, for Dak and Dez to get back going. Um, I think you trust Alfred Morris. Uh, he can obviously get game scripted out because he doesn't do anything in the past game, but I, I would I took Dallas to win this game in our pick em segment, spoiler alert, uh, and uh, I think that they should be able to control it. On the Giants' side, we've got Eli Manning. Back in our lives. Yes. No more Geno. Um, Dallas's pass or Dallas's pass defense can be exposed. Uh, I don't know if any, I mean any of you guys want to stream Eli Manning in this game. Absolutely not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, but I do like Sterling Shepard and I, Evan Ingram. I was thinking about putting him in the danger zone. Oh man, that would be good for television. Take a ride into the danger zone. You know what I mean, Eli Manning. That'd be pretty funny, but I, I think know. you could get a. I think mean, you could get a good segment out of that, which is really all that matters. Who cares? Oh, who, who, gives, who cares if it's right yeah, or not? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> which, by uh, the way, you seen the segment. I mean, yeah. If you guys are not watching the Danger Zone segments <laughs> on awesome Fridays, center. you have so who to. Who cares? You're, Watch, doing, yeah. you're doing it wrong. Is it good TV? Is that, that's all I care about. NFL Fantasy Live on oh, Fridays boy. is lit. You've got the Danger Zone and you've got the Fantasy. Oh, fantasy. Oh, hipsters are back this week, baby. We we give you some good stuff about a few of the players we've talked about in this podcast that we're worried about and why you should not be an old man. And you should sit them. But anyways, uh, speaking of old men, yeah, Eli Manning back for the Giants. Like I said, I like I like Sterling Shepard. I like Evan Ingram, and that's about it. On Can I just offense. say this about Dallas? I, I and I've wondered this for a few weeks now. But why not? I mean, why not treat Dez like Arizona treated Larry Fitzgerald? Make them make him this huge slot guy and just give him a bunch of targets, and then throw Bryce Butler and Terrence Williams out on the outside to go vertical and at least test the test the secondary vertically. Because if to me, what Dez Bryant lacks is that break he's never really had that huge speed he just was a guy that man he would just box you out and fight for that ball let him do that in the slot I just I'm confused as to why they keep rolling out Cole Beasley especially given the fact that he really has not gotten a lot of separation this year not catching balls thrown his way I'd love to see Des Bryant play in the slot every wide receiver reaches this like inf- inflection point in yeah, their career. Yeah, drink, ding. Uh, and drink, yeah. Uh, every every wide receiver reaches that point in their career where they can't do what they've done on the outside before. Right. And I think it takes not only – it takes a good coaching staff, which in my opinion Dallas does not they have. They do not whereas have that. Arizona in, with Bruce Arrington's like – or Bruce Arians identified that and is like, let's do that. It also takes buy-in from the receiver too. It does. I was going to say, I don't think Dez is going to agree to that at all. Yeah, right. Like Fitzgerald was like, yeah, I'll do – you know. Fitzgerald kind of fought guy. it, but he did it. Yeah. Like he, he didn't he, want to. Right. But he, but he moved it in. And look, it's end, uh, ended up being a huge success for his career. Like we're not talking about Larry Fitzgerald in this type of production if he's which playing outside. Which is crazy. At, at this 
point, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think it's a good it's a good idea, but it takes buy-in from the receiver. Yeah. It also also takes a lot just of like, just a random football thought I had in my head. No, no, I think I think it would be wise for them to explore that option because he can't because he can't win outside at this point anymore like he did. Um, and just vertically, speed wise, Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler are your guys, right? I mean, it's always been weird to me that they won't get. Bryce Butler out there more on the field because they have just that, no explosion. no speed. There's got to no be speed. something we don't know about that or something. No, well, I, just, I I think I, yeah, that's that's normally a good bet. But also, yeah. I think this. I just really think this Dallas coaching staff is incompetent. I think the, they're the I think side. they're stuck in their ways. I think they see Dez and Terrence Williams as their starters, and you're not going to put Bryce Butler in the slot. So Bryce Butler's just starting to enter that that fantasy. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not loved, but somebody that the fantasy community loves because. Oh, measurables and his big sure, plays sure, and sure. stuff, but like he never gets on the field, and fantasy's always like, why is he just get him on the field? And then he's gonna be a free agent, he's gonna go somewhere else, he's gonna get a starting gig, and he's gonna fall flat. There you go. Oh yeah, I mean no, no doubt about it. Like I don't think he's some kind, of, I don't think he's some kind of star, but like, but you just you, you have need to get no speed explosion. Out there. Yeah, you need to get speed and out and there. Bryce Butler probably not that good, but he makes explosive plays. Anyways, we've talked about yeah. Dallas entirely too long. Uh, let's talk about these later Sunday games: Washington at LCH, French. What do you got? Uh, so on Washington's side, you got to start Samaje Pirine purely for the volume upside. He's had over 20 carries in two of the last three games. Last week was just a bad script. He was off the field with concussion. So you're firing him up against the Chargers. I think you also got to roll Jamison Crowder out there. Uh, really good volume, 11, 8, 10, and 7 targets in his last four games. The Chargers are allowing the seventh fewest receiving yards to slot receivers this year, 551, but have allowed six touchdowns to slot receivers, which is tied for the third most. And he's the most targeted guy in that passing game. you got to start Crowder. Doxon, we kind of talked about him Monday. It's kind of just a matter of time till he really blows up and combines like a big yardage game with a touchdown game, but he hasn't shown us that yet. It's a tough matchup against a Chargers secondary this week. I don't think you can play Doxon. Uh, and then Cousins kind of scares me a little bit. Again, it's a tough matchup. He had those three turnovers last week. The offensive line for Washington is still banged up. Morgan Moses and Trent Williams didn't practice Wednesday. That's not good. Uh he was sacked, I think, six times last week, yeah. and the Chargers have an incredible pass rush. So it's, it's just, just all, kind of a bad combination. It just kind of stunk because it all started crashing down in that game in Week 13. You know what I mean? They were getting by. Yeah. You know, it was just it was duct tape band aids, and they were just getting by, and then it just all came crashing down. Yeah, and also if the Chargers' defense is for some reason still on the waiver wire, oh pick God. them up and start them this 100%. week. 100%. Good uh, Lord. And I think on the Chargers' side, you're starting Phillip Rivers. He's been hot. Yep. Obviously, Keenan Allen's been hot. Uh, some people might be afraid of the matchup with Josh Norman, <laughs> but per our next-gen stats uh, – you, Allen's been moving around between the slot and outside, and, yeah. and, outside, and uh, next, our next-gen stats breakdowns thinks Allen's going to be uh, see more Brashad Breland than he will Josh Norman, uh, so that's good. And you're rolling out Melvin Gordon, too, because, yeah. I mean, volume, he's a workhorse. There you go. Seattle taking on Jacksonville at Jacksonville. Alex Gellhart, what do you got? <sighs> the big question here is do you start Russell Wilson or do you not start Russell Wilson? Oh, you got to start him. Come yeah, on. you got to I think you got to start him. I'm getting a lot of questions about that. You guys are all emphatically saying you emphatically, have to start Russ. Emphatically. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know, man. Who okay, well, who who would you play over him? I don't know. I added Josh I found Josh McCown on the waiver wire in a right. league. Josh McCown's right. in a lot of yeah, available in a lot of leagues. Jo so Josh McCown or Russell Wilson? I'd Russell Wilson. Russ. Not even I, Russ. I mean, I'm I'm 
having this huge conundrum because the Jags D has has uh, only given up more than 15 fantasy points twice all year. Granted, it's come in two of the last like four or five weeks to right. Blaine Gabbert of all people. <laughs> and uh, right. well, I mean that was revenge game. So we true. Just, oh, you got to adjust, adjust, adjust for revenge. For revenge. Okay. Adjust for and then okay. Philip Rivers was the other one in that bizarre game those two teams played. Right. But other than well, that, like they've just they've erased everybody. They they do everything well. They've got a fast, dominant defensive line. They've got you know, great cover corners. You bring up that Philip Rivers game too. It's interesting because two of his touchdowns actually came throwing the ball to Austin Eckler underneath, yep. and Eckler was the guy that actually made the play happen. So. Hmm, that's and I mean, he's got sure he's got, Russ. Russ is doing it all, and like I have him, he's great, and he's got multiple touchdowns in like seven straight games. Yeah. But th- it's I'm I'm worried. His his worst game in the last I think seven games is in 19 points in week 10. His it's worst interesting. Game. Uh, it, it, it is a discussion though because yes, it is the worst possible matchup, and it's at the most important possible time with the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, it's also rough that it's. In Jacksonville too, like right? The fact it's, they have to go cross country, the stupid ten, you know, 10 cross West Coast cross thing. country. Yep, it's a it's a late game, which helps. But he has yeah. so he's going from Pacific Northwest right. to Jacksonville, yeah. bottom of the country in the in the East Coast. Yeah, but about, hey, about the longest trip you can make. B- yes. Blaine Gabbert tore up Jacksonville, didn't he? Yeah, but we were just, just said saying revenge. We to adjust, to adjust, to for, adjust revenge. for revenge and tore up. He still threw like three picks or something like nah. that. But nah, not quite his narrative. He's QB fourteen on the week, but I think <laughs> one pick, whatever. I I, I th- I'm. It's even more than just a going down with like who brought you thing with Russ, like which you know, doesn't really matter. But I think that he, I think he can still get over in this spot. I mean, he's been so good this year, just unstoppable. No matter unstoppable, man. Yeah, no matter what, like what the situation is. I think he he's the best quarterback throwing to tight windows. He's one of the top five quarterbacks throwing against pressure this year. I don't year. know what the hell Jackson. I mean, what's Jacksonville gonna? I mean, they, they've done spy. They've done uh, they've done everything defensively. And literally, it's it, it's like Tecmo Bowl yeah. with, with yeah. Russell Wilson to the point where I can't. It's like it's frustrating for me to even watch these games now because it's right. literally the same play as I mentioned over and over yeah, and yeah. over again. And, and, and in this game, it might just be Russell Wilson not dropping back ten yards, not dropping back twenty yards. Maybe he has to drop back thirty yards right. to go pick up five. Right. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Uh, given this defensive just, line, it's just and I look at all the parts of the matchup though too, and it concerns me. Like his yeah. receivers are diminutive. Like oh, yeah. Paul Richardson's the the big guy of the bunch, and yeah. he's like six foot, like one ninety. Right. So and AJ AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey are gonna are gonna have their way with those guys. That's true. Uh, so but can they stay disciplined in scr- scramble drill? Jimmy, that, that'll yeah, be the question. Jimmy Graham, bro. I like Jimmy Graham's matchup. Uh, the, you know, if you're gonna attack Seattle, I mean, excuse me, Jacksonville anyway. Tight end has it, been a spot. It would be up the middle, uh, and Graham has been unbelievable. I mean, well, he's you been know, smashing. Go, no separation doesn't matter. They, they fit the ball into the tight window, like <laughs> I mentioned. Shock! Throw it to the six foot eight guy or whatever, and he's gonna make a play when yeah, somebody's inside, covering inside him. the ten yard line. Yeah, and and again, you know, this has just all been on Russ. So I, I think and, you go down with him. Even last week against the Eagles, like they have one of the best defensive lines in the league, and they were talking about it during the broadcast. It, these guys are so used to getting to the quarterback and they're just by the second half they're winded from they're chasing so him all around and they, are they, so they get frustrated and he's just he's out there putting up 25 fantasy points every game I almost think defensively teams should just sit back and just say fine throw it throw it I'm not gonna let you run it yeah though. because it, it's as you mentioned they get gassed by the time the fourth quarter rolls around and mm-hmm. we saw that big t- I mean it, they looked good they looked fresh in the first half second half toast yeah they were absolute toast. Yes, uh, but Jacksonville I, does. The Jacksonville has twelve more sacks than Philadelphia on the year, dude. <laughs> yeah, but Philadelphia has mu- like much more. Well, not much more, but like at least seven. Heading into last week, was seventeen more pressures, and they lead the league in quarterback hits. 
I mean, bottom line is both both defensive lines are just absolutely terrific. Uh, I'll give you a deep sleeper in this game as well. J.D. McKissick, I wonder uh, if they might have to dump off to J.D. McKissick given those great cornerbacks uh, there in Jacksonville. But there you go. All right. I don't think you play Mike Davis in this spot, but I think you definitely no. want to own you Mike Davis. You want to have Davis. him, yeah. yeah. yeah sure. uh, Philadelphia at L.A. Rams. Matt Harmon, what do you got? This is a game that I struggled, like, franchise and I have to pick games ahead of time for NFL Blitz on Sunday morning. Watch at NFLTwitter.com at 8 a.m. Pacific uh, on Sunday mornings. We have to pick games ahead of time, and this is the game I had to pick. And I kind of struggle with this one, like, how I see it going. Um, Philadelphia, like, they have been just smacking teams around of late, but they've also been smacking a lot of bad teams around, which which I don't, like, hold against them. You know, that that's what you should do. You should beat the crap out of bad teams if you're a good team and they have absolutely done that uh however they go to seattle and last week and i i thought really seattle kind of control like kind of controlled that game they kind of took it to them yeah they, and they did but philadelphia's game plan coming in was terrible well and they also like they had, zach Ertz went down which That's i think true. would have been a big matchup advantage but he went down in the third quarter i mean you know I i think that this game could go a lot of different directions on the rams offensive side I don't know how you guys feel about Jared Goff this week. This is probably a, a spot I don't want to play him against. Like I mentioned, the Eagles lead the NFL in pressures. Uh, they Goff had a, not that good under pressure. Goff is so-so under pressure. Yeah. He's been up and down this year when facing pressure. Some games he's been good. Some games he's been bad. Um, the Eagles secondary, I think. I think this is a spot to play Sammy Watkins. I think he can, if, especially if Robert Woods is going to miss another game, which it looks like he will. Yep. Um, I th- I like Sammy Watkins to be like a, a sleeper again this week. Uh, maybe get an explosive play over, uh, which would help Jared Goff. But at the same time, I think this is just going to be a big Todd Gurley game. Even though this is a bad matchup, like the, the God, Eagles give such up such a bad matchup. Yeah, the Eagles give up the least amount of rushing yards in the NFL. Eight hundred seventeen. They've given up four touchdowns, three and a half yards per attempt. I don't really care. Gur- Gurley's just getting the ball so much, and he's smashed bad matchups before, so it doesn't really matter. Okay. So I I think this is if the Rams are going to win this game, I think it's going to be on the back of Todd Gurley. Um, and then on the Eagles side of the ball you know this this Eagles I mean this Rams run defense can be had we we saw uh you know Kerwin Williams get over 90 yards against them last week mm-hmm. but this this Eagles backfield while Jay Ajayi registered season high in carries and snaps uh last week you know it's still a committee like Eric Blunt is still <laughs> going to be out there Corey Clement is still going to be out there um I think if you need like a just a ceiling hail Mary in your lineup I guess you can go with Ajayi because he has shown big playability but it's a thin spot uh, yeah. even though this is a good matchup for him um and I think like Eric Brown's gonna actually have a pretty good game yeah, I could see. I mean, there's there's no reason to think that that wouldn't happen. Like these guys are both getting the ball, so yeah, uh, and it could easily be that that the you know again, I don't want to get in the trap of like, well, we saw Ajayi play season highs and carries and snaps last week. Like, obviously, he, it's his job now. You know, that's like just a, making an assumption. So, and then on the on the Eagles passing game, I like Nelson Aguilar again in this spot. Uh, the Rams have been pretty up and down a decent at slot coverage but at the same time we saw Larry Fitzgerald get up against them last week and I think that Nelson Aguilar has legit played well all year and he has if Ertz is out the problem with Aguilar is that he hasn't gotten a lot of targets but you know we saw him register obviously a season high in targets last week with 12 and I think that some of that might have had to do with Ertz being out if Ertz is out again that takes another presence out of the middle of the field which should open things up for Nelson Aguilar all right I like it Sunday night football it's Baltimore in Pittsburgh Alex Collins has had a migraine issue earlier this week, but it seems as if he is good to go. He may have gotten over those migraine issues going into Sunday night football. Franchise, what do you got? I think Alex Collins is the only member of the Baltimore Ravens you can start. 
He's uh, been so good. He's been good, and Pittsburgh has given up points to running backs the last two games. Uh, Jamal Williams put up points against them, and we saw Joe Mixon kind of tearing them up last week, and then Gio Bernard had a good game, plus Ryan Shazier. Pray for Ryan Shazier. I yeah, mean, man. that guy is in bad shape. Uh, I think he's still in a hospital somewhere in Pittsburgh. Uh, but that weakens this Pittsburgh linebacker core and weakens their rush defense. So definitely fire up Alex Collins. Uh, what about Mike Wallace revenge game? I'm not, yeah, I was just gonna say I'm not buying into like what what Joe Flacco did last week. I'm not buying into that. He's been so bad all year. May, I mean, maybe Mike Wallace gets some volume. I think well, Wallace has had a couple decent games in a row here. Yeah. I mean, he had 56 in a touch, five for 48, not great, and then he had five for 116. So. If pass. there's anybody, I'll pass. <laughs> and a- AJ, AJ Green did kind of get over on the Steelers <laughs> last week. Well, but. Joe Hayden, they've, their defense has been kind of torched a little bit without Joe Hayden. Br- Brett Hundley had his career game against them. Sure, AJ yeah. Green damn near had three touchdowns against them. So they're, if not, they're not the same defense they were. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be through revenge. Well, yeah. I just don't, I don't think you can trust. Maybe in a PPR league you can roll Wallace out, but if you're using Mike Wallace in your fantasy playoffs. Good luck to you, you're, pal. You're in bad shape. And then on the Steelers' side of the ball, definitely you know don't you're definitely don't think you can start Big Ben, but you're starting A.B. and Bell, and we already talked about Martinez. Big Ben even at home? No. Not, not, against, not against, against Baltimore, not against Baltimore. Okay. All right. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. No. Monday Night Football, New England at Miami. It should be a bloodbath, but uh, Gailhart, what do you got in terms of fantasy? <laughs> I mean, start all your Patriots. There's really, I mean, start, you know, Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead. Uh, Chris Hogan's oh. coming back, so we'll want to uh, – I think he's coming Is back. He coming he's been back? practicing. Oh, really? Yeah. He, oh, he was that. He was out there. Uh, so that would be interesting to see how that's going to change the passing game. No, I mean, yeah. Brandon, no Gronk. No Gronk. So that, that could mean good things for him, and, for ah. Hogan and uh, Brandon Cooks to still both stay up there. Uh, yeah. Do not play Dwayne Allen if you lost Gronk. <laughs> Just do not do it. I think it opens up more targets potentially for somebody like Rex Burkhead, which gets me really excited about playing him this week. I mean, he and Deion Lewis are every week flex play. I like yeah. every week starters. There, there's no no uh, two ways about it. You're, you're starting those guys. On the Miami side, uh, Damian Williams probably still going to be out. I don't think he's come back from practice yet. He had that uh, bad shoulder injury, uh, right. which would mean Kenyon Drake's in a great spot again. I mean, we saw him get absurd volume last week and uh, do a bunch of damage with it. True. Uh, yeah, he's Damian Williams still did not practice, is not practicing Thursday. So uh, fire up Kenyon Drake. No thanks on the quarterback situation, but I guess Jarvis Landry and maybe Kenny Stills. Uh, other maybe. than that, I'm not. I mean, because they're going to have negative game script. They're going to be chasing the – the uh, the Patriots here on the on the yep. scoreboard, so those guys those guys could be in the mix. But other than that, no thanks on Devontae Parker or Julius Thomas. All right, go to the website if you want info on Tennessee, Arizona Jets taking on Denver, Chicago taking on Cincinnati, and Indianapolis taking on Buffalo. The website NFL.com slash fantasy matchups. All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daps. Daily daps. All right, I'll kick us off. I'll daily dap New York Times. This came out a year ago, but uh, I just ran across it myself. Late co. Uh, Late co. Uh, It's called the 10-meter tower. It uh, is basically a documentary on... It's just a... It's it's such a simple concept. It's, It's a 10 meter dive, so it's 32 feet in the air, and they just have random Swedes go up this tower and they say you can jump or you can not jump. And so they, and you, and, and there, uh, there's a lot of mics there that pick up all the sound and you get the conversation, the internal conversation of people having, um, you know, should I jump? Should I not jump? 
What? And then it's like a couple that goes up there, and they're like, well, if you jump, then I'll jump. Are you really going to jump? Because if you don't, then I won't. <laughs> it, 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 it's fascinating to me um, to kind of see the, the, the range of human emotions. Um, and, and I got to be honest, have any of you guys stood, like, I know Kelhar has, but uh, I did a rock jumping thing in Hawaii once where it was about 30 feet in the air. It's high. Oh, my. It's so high. It, it, yeah, yeah. When you're on the ground, you're thinking, oh, that's not that yeah. bad. But, but when, when you get up there, there. The perspective changes when you're up there. Oh, But, like, you and I were saying in Slack, because, like, I've done it. And I'm not somebody who's very scared of heights. Like, I thought I would just, no <clears throat> no joke, like, no doubt, get up there and do it. But you get up there and you do have a moment of hesitation. You're like, whoa, that's that's higher than I thought. But you just can't dwell you're on fighting, it. You're fighting human instinct. Yeah. Which is what's so funny about that video is because yeah. you, you watch all those people start thinking about it and dwelling on it. And you're <laughs> like, oh, my God. Because the logical side of you is like, hey, I know this is good to go because yeah. I've seen people do it. It's water. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a pool. It's very controlled. It's, you know, I mean, it should be good to go. But you get up there, and if you've never done it before, you are fighting human instincts so bad. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to find it, it is, again, it's the New York Times. It's, uh, it's on YouTube. It's on their website. It's called the 10-Meter Tower. It's very, very uh, interesting. It's 15 minutes. Uh, you know, I, I, you don't need to see the whole thing, but I would watch at least the first five minutes of it. So there you go. Um, by the way, after, after I saw that, then I also got um, – we, we, you put this up in Slack, but I had seen this before, too, making the rounds. All the diving fails. <laughs> the diving fails that are making the rounds oh on the Internet right Hilarious. now. They are amazing. <clears throat> They're absolutely amazing. It's great because there's people biffing it, but like they're falling into water, too, from a couple oh, of feet off sure. the thing. So it's not as, you know, it's not bad. But man, it's it's funny. It's great. It's absolutely great. And it's not and like the thing about it is it's not these uh it's not randos doing it. It's like actual like collegiate or high school divers. Huh. But they're so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and you realize like you're only used to seeing like the Olympic level yeah. divers and it's like amazing you know what i mean like they they go in it's they it, they nail it every single time and it's like uh, even when they quote unquote miss it's like they they missed that dive yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. wait what god that looked amazing these dives are so horrific <laughs> they are amazing they're wow. amazing um anyways so go check those things out uh that's my daily daps alex Gellhart, what do you got uh well first off have to give a daily dap to all the firefighters and emergency responders stuff in california doing yes, a yes. Hell of a job because the fires have just been crazy and conditions were very poor for them to spread, and they did. And it looks like they've got things much more under control now, which is awesome because those types of fires are really hard to fight and contain. Uh, and it was scary. It got real close to Los Angeles down here with sure up being in Skirball Canyon. So daily daps to everybody there for doing everything they did to keep all of us safe. And you, did you know, guys see that video of uh, it's like right up on the freeway. It was oh, right yeah. on the four or five. It looked, it looked, like, like, looked like people were driving in the freaking sun. Hell yeah. on earth. It was craziness. It's crazy. Uh, and then I read a really good article last night. It was from last year. Uh, I have, I've talked about it before, but I have uh, the pocket app where I just store stuff in there. And good I was app. just, I was, I was scrolling through it. I was like, I got to clean out some of this stuff from a long time ago. Cause that, the trouble is that you see so much good stuff. You're like, Oh, I'll, I'll save that to read it for later. And I think I have like 150 articles in here. But it was, uh, and I, I was, I want to say this, um, preface this not to get, not to be political or anything, but it was just the election. Somebody from the New huh. Yorker, uh, it I'm was offended. David, uh, hold on, I just pulled it up and I lost it. Oh yeah, so David Remnick from the New Yorker was with Obama during, like, right before the election and shortly after, and wrote an article just like how the whole election was viewed through his eyes. But uh, Obama had a really good quote that I think is something that everybody should think about whenever we have discussions, whether it be about politics, fantasy football, other stuff. He was talking about how he was talking to his daughters following the election. And he said, uh, 
when they're you're talking to other people and he said what i say to them is that people are complicated societies and cultures are really complicated it's not mathematics this is biology and chemistry these are living organisms and it's messy and your job as a citizen as a decent human being is to constantly affirm and lift up and fight for treating people with kindness and respect and understanding and you should anticipate that at any given moment there's going to be flare-ups of bigotry that you may have to confront or may be inside you and you have to vanquish and it doesn't stop you don't get to go don't get into a fetal position about it you don't start worrying about apocalypse you say okay where are the places where i can push to keep it moving forward and I just thought that was a really important way to look about how we talk to people about differences and things like that. I read that quote and it just really, it really resonated with me. So I was like, that's, that's really cool. And just something that I wanted to talk about on here. So whenever you whatever your disagreement is, if you're fighting about Jurassic world and how terrible it is in Slack, <laughs> okay. which we did yesterday, or it's talking about politics with your family at the holidays or, you know, oh, fighting about fantasy football, man. what have you just remember that, you know, we're all human beings and it's not mathematics. It's not binary. It's, it's messy. Like it's people have different perspectives and different feelings and come from different places. So just something to remember when you have these conversations that it's not, you know, a war, it's, it's, it's a conversation and there's going to be disagreements and remember that it's a human you're talking to and interacting with. Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. All right, what do you got, Matt? Uh, so, uh, not to change, like, not to completely change the subject, but but, uh, but I was gonna dap the. I was in Disneyland, um, which God, I've been to Disneyland like four freaking times since I've moved here because my older one of my older sisters works as like a part time travel agent with Disney, so she's there a lot and gets cool. me into the park for free. Oh, <laughs> so freaking awesome! Yeah, bro. so that's nice. Uh, so I've been a, went to meet. She was down there for a work thing uh, this past week, so I went down and met her on my day off on Tuesday, and it's, it was really cool right now because it's all decorated for Christmas. for Christmas. Yeah, uh, and which like. I, you know, I'm Disney could take it or leave it, whatever. Uh, I also have realized, like, as somebody in their mid twenties, like late twenties, mid twenties. I'm 26, bro. That is that is firmly mid twenties. Back the hell off. Anyways, <laughs> uh, like so, there's like a lot of it. The rides are just like you're sitting there and just kind of looking at stuff. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. really care about looking at any of this. Uh, like Small World, for example. Like holy hell, like let's move it along here. <laughs> Can these boats go any faster? Uh, but the one one ride that was really cool is they have. Yeah. Um, uh, they have like the haunted haunted mansion in there, like yeah, completely redec completely redecorated with the uh, the night before Christmas, and it's dope. Oh, it, okay. it's, that's a great movie, uh, and it's really cool to see the inside of that. Nice. And uh, I got to have a lot of fun while while I was down there. Like I said, could take it or leave it to Disney thing, but I was having a lot of fun uh, with the whole you know war on Christmas thing. Uh, I was having <laughs> a lot of fun with that. I'm like, uh, th- yeah, I posted a tweet the other like yesterday with a picture that I took in there from It's a Small World of like a snowman holding a Happy Holiday sign. I'm like. Anybody tell this guy that uh, we're, 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 we're saying it again. We're saying Merry we're Christmas. We're saying Merry Christmas. Uh, so, so you had a great trip to Disney, it sounds like. Yeah, I did. Is it the most magical place on earth? No. No. Wow. I, I like to – and that's another – Shooting down Disney in a big spot. No, it's not the most ma- – look, it's still a theme park. Like, at the end of the day, you're still, like, around a lot of awful people <laughs> taking up way too much room, spending uh, an absurd amount of money. <laughs> if you go to – why are you awful if you go to Disneyland? Because there's just a lot of awful people, and you're getting them all in a lot of confined space, which, uh, oh, like, accentuates people's awfulness. Oh my lord! Like, okay, I could really go in on the whole. Let's Disney. not. Oh I could really god. go in on the whole Disney thing because, because, oh like, I've been, off, I've off. been four, four times oh now, and I have god. a lot of takes on Disney. <laughs> save it for the Disney podcast. I will save it for the you Disney podcast. You wouldn't be able to say all this if you worked for ESPN. Unbelievable. Well, listen, if the mouse wants no. <laughs> 
I'll sell out. Hey, listen, if ESPN wants to come calling, I'll sell out for the mouse. Oh, okay. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I, we've talked about this before. I can't wait to sell out. I've sold out. I'll sell out for worse. Oh, Shoot, man. I don't care. Yeah, you I'm me. about to, I'm about I'm about me. This is this is <laughs> this is about me. You want me to hawk some crappy beer? I'm done. I'm in. I do not care. Oh, yeah. Let's let that be known. Absolutely. I'm I'm down to sell out. The, the the circle of Harmon's daily death. Yes. There yeah, was this, got, this got weird, wow. but yeah. the point is, I am I am fully on board with Christmas this year. So, Matt franchise team Christmas. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I am on I am on the pro Christmas side of the war on Christmas, and uh, well, there's a war. No, also for Harmon was like anti Christmas for a while. Cool. It's like it's like ugh Christmas music, like ugh joy, like ugh Christmas movies, and now he's he's making a heel turn. I'm doing a heel turn. I'm doing a heel turn on Christmas, but I do find the whole like the I. The War on Christmas bit is my is one of my favorite things ever because it's like War on Christmas. Have you been in a freaking Target in the last five years? <laughs> have you turned on like any radio? Christmas station is or any winning. Television channel? If there's a War on Christmas, Christmas is winning it. <laughs> big Christmas, yeah, <laughs> big. big Christmas. Christmas. So I bought in on Big Christmas. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I see. All right, good. I'm on. I'm on that side. <laughs> What do you got, pal? All right, one of my favorite <laughs> artists. What a uh, stupid conversation. Yeah, that was that was terrible. <laughs> Everyone, stop listening we, at this point. Do we want me to go back and talk about Hocus Pocus again? Uh, no, unbelievable. Wow. No, okay. uh, get, get a life. Get so a life. I'm super excited because one of my most favorite artists. His name is Jonathan Wilson. He is a singer, songwriter, multi instrumentalist slash producer. He's super talented. He was Father John Misty's right hand man on his Grammy nominated album called pure comedy he has announced a third full-length album called rare birds coming out march 2nd he just released a single called over the midnight uh there's a video it's on spotify and he's playing three shows in downtown la uh right before christmas and i got tickets to one of them at a super small venue and i'm super pumped about it if you don't know who jonathan wilson is go explore his catalog check him out online he's like he's one of, he's the best guitar player i've ever seen in my life and I'm pretty sure I've levitated at both shows of his that I've been to. Like I have floated off the floor. He's incredible. Just, just from the music. He's incredible. Obviously. And I say, I say that's like my line. Obviously, I say when bro. I'm talking about no, seriously, stone sober. This guy is like incredible. So check out Jonathan Wilson. I like it. New album coming out. Producer Chris, close the show. Wow, I'm gonna keep things very simple. Um, it's probably firefighters. For the, probably for the best. Shout out to the firefighters, uh, and then shout out to all the listeners, and best of luck in your fantasy, fantasy playoffs. football playoffs Let's this weekend. Go. I feel attacked by Chris saying he's gonna keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't about the Disneyland rant. It mm. wasn't about yes, the it, yes, it was. Oh, man. Huh. Well, what a show good we to had. see you guys are on the wrong side of history in the war what? on Christmas. <laughs> What a show. Chris is anti-Christmas. We have (laughs) today. It's week 14. It's the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Man, let me just say to everyone out there, good luck. Have fun. And and I hope you score all those fantasy points, man. But, man, here we go. First week of the playoffs. Good luck to everybody except franchise in our matchup this week. Oh, yeah, the hipsters play each other in in the fantasy live league, dude. It's going to be epic. It's great. Can't wait to watch you two tilt over every snap. On only Sunday. one, only one will live. My we team, need to have the trash. other. The other will be fired and and most likely go missing. I think what I need to do is I need to bring in my GoPro and just post it up right there, and just no, that would watch me be, tilt. That yes, would not over be. Steven Anderson. Absolutely, watch <laughs> both would. of you guys tilt. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that thing. That where I where which drives franchise nuts where I don't care I'm just gonna be like it doesn't matter to me it's just a game and <laughs> do that. we'll get the recap on Monday well <laughs> for I'll Matt be, franchise be, yeah for the whiskey from Wisconsin Alex Gellhart for Matt Harmon and producer Chris I'm James Cole we'll see you later. See you later.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.